0: This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Appreciate you tuning in today. We're picking up in our Proverbs study, and I want to lead in with Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. Proverbs 13, verse 24, where Solomon says, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. And so this is the second part of our proverb study regarding child rearing. So this is part of a larger series that we've been going over the last several months. But this is the second part uh, with with regard to rearing children, because there's so many Proverbs about this all-important topic. And uh, I want to revisit it again today and look at some other passages and uh, see what they have to teach us about raising wise children. So that verse it teaches us a lot of things, but I think the one that I want to seize upon this morning is the motivation behind parents' neglect. So scripture is revealing the driving force behind a parent's neglect to discipline their children in this verse. And Solomon says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. And so the point is, I wish I could get to the point faster or as fast as the, as the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't mince words. the The point is is that no father can passively allow his kids to do whatever they want to do and at the same time say, "You know, I really love them." right So if we are apathetic in our approach or non-interventionist in our approach to rearing our children, that's anti-biblical. Right the Bible calls that lazy parenting the Bible calls it hateful parenting right and it yields a host of terrible consequences you know what do you have to do to get a garden full of weeds nothing and what do you have to do to get a house full of grief the same thing absolutely nothing and so the destructive consequences are clearly seen in these cases and the same is true when it comes to disciplining and teaching our children you know what parent desires destruction for their child what parent you know honestly wants the worst for their their kids? Nobody, right? Nobody in their right mind. And so the the abusive and perverted and violent, to be sure, would want to hurt others and, and even in and even their own kids. But but the Bible is saying that the the father who legitimately and the mother who legitimately loves their children wants what's best for them, and that manifests itself in discipline and and correcting and training them to live a certain way. In Proverbs 19 and verse 18, it says, discipline your children for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Again, the Holy Spirit doesn't mince words. Refusal to discipline has such consequences that we become willing parties to the eventual spiritual death of our children. It may be even physical death, right? But I, I think that the... Um, you know, the, the more important uh, consequence here is that, of uh, that spiritual death. So it's easy to hand them a Nintendo switch and pat ourselves on the back for being such a kind and generous person. But what are we giving our kids that, that will aid them in, 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 in their spiritual growth that will help them draw closer to God? Are we giving them what they, are we giving them what they need most of all? the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. That's described in Ephesians 6 and verse 4. And in doing that, we model or we follow the example of our heavenly father because the scripture teaches that God disciplines his children out of love for them. Proverbs 3.12, for whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Right, And so God corrects and trains and gives instruction and discipline because, again, he wants what's best for his creation. He knows what they need. He knows what how we can be happy and how we can be healthy and how we can have fellowship with him because there's no lasting joy, peace, and comfort apart from him. Certainly there's temporary uh, and transient joy, peace, and comfort, but no real lasting happiness and peace apart from him. And so he gives us his instructions and commands and discipline, uh, to, so to, so we can have those things, right? He doesn't need us. He doesn't need to be worshiped. He doesn't need anything we can offer him uh, worship uh, to him. That is offered to him is for our benefit. It's for our good. We mustn't forget that God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness and enjoy the peaceful fruit of righteousness, the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews 10, excuse me, Hebrews 2, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, rather, verses 10 and 11. So, you know, think of, uh, to use another illustration, you know, just as the pain of the vaccination needle is worthwhile because it can save your child from a deadly disease. So discipline is is painful in the short term, but for the child and the parent, um, both for the child and and the parent, you know. I don't. I think sometimes the world makes the mistake of thinking that uh, y- you know physical discipline or corporal punishment is somehow enjoyable to the parent. Well, it shouldn't be. It it shouldn't be. I, I don't think it should be pleasurable. Uh, and the Bible doesn't couch it in those terms. It's not pleasant. It's it's painful for both parties. But the result in the end is worth it. The result is what we're looking to. And as parents, we have more vision to see that end game than our kids do, just as our Heavenly Father has, you know, his vision is infinitely greater than ours. You know, so, but if we're resulting, if if we're resorting rather to our own wisdom, rather than trusting in him and his methods and his plan and what he's called us to do, we're going to fail our kids and become a willing party to their condemnation. It's It's hard work to faithfully discipline your child. And no parent's going to get it exactly right. Uh, but that verse in Proverbs 13, 24 does teach us to be diligent. Right, He who loves his son disciplines him diligently. And so discipline can be uh, time-consuming. It can be inconvenient uh, because kids can choose to make poor choices and misbehave at the most inopportune times and places. Um, and that may be to test you. Uh, Bryant, that, that even in a lot of cases, may, they may know what the principle is already. They've learned this lesson at home, but now we're in public, we're at a different place and they might be testing you and trying to get away with, um, you know, whatever it is that they're doing when you're busy or when you're out in public is mom or dad going to still hold fast to this principle and expect the same standard of behavior. And you can't, you can't allow your child to manipulate his or her way out of, out of discipline. Uh, So don't, don't back down. It's a test of wills. It's a battle of wills, you know, just as our heavenly father and and Christ are the the same yesterday, today, and forever, his standards holds, holds true for us no matter where we are in the world. His expectations are the same for us. The conditions for fellowship with him are the same no matter where we are in, in, in the world or stage in life. And so we have to model his, um, his diligence and his, um, constancy or consistency in Proverbs twenty-three, thirteen and 14 Solomon says do not hold back discipline from the child although you strike him with the rod he will not die you shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol um, so some parents get worn down over many years um, and, and many children and they may get discouraged I think his parents were, were going to get discouraged at some point there's so many challenges that come with with parenthood. And, uh, we can't give up. We, we need each other. We need to encourage one another and be committed to the godly standards and, and methods of discipline that God has placed before us. Or, you know, our child is going to divide and conquer. You know, there's kids who play mother and father against one another. And, uh, you, you know, the the world wants to paint them as sweet little angels. And, there is a sense in which, uh, you know, the, the naivete and innocence of children is, is biblical, but at the same time, we understand that they're intelligent, rational beings and they catch on very quickly and they need guidance to learn how to use their intelligence and, and reasoning powers of persuasion in a godly way. Um, they're, they're going to try to get away with what they can, you know, the rules and the rules are going to differ from house to house. um, and expectations will. And so we have to pray for wisdom. Proverbs 2 and verse 6. You know, we have to set boundaries and, and exercise discipline in accordance with God's word. You know, there may be rules that exist in one household that don't exist in another. You know, for example, uh, you know, we're not going to uh, play baseball on Sunday. Right? We're, we're going to use that day to uh, assemble with our brethren and worship. And we're going to. Uh, when we come home, we're going to study the Bible together. We're going to uh, sing praise somewhere. We're just going to have quiet time or something like that. And, you know, that that's okay. That's perfectly acceptable. Parents have the authority to lay down rules like that for their for their kids and expect obedience. Um, but that doesn't mean it's, it's wrong for another family to, you know, a, after they've um, gone to worship on Sunday to, you know, go to a ball game or something or watch a football game on TV. So there's going to be you know discrepancies from from house to house but ultimately authority lies with the parents and it's God has placed that authority in their hands and expects them to enforce uh, their standards that they put before them certainly he has standards that are universal um but uh but there is also some some cases wherein he has allowed parents to to decide and, and set the bar and so we can't be afraid to again pray for wisdom. We should be praying for wisdom. We can't be afraid to seek others' counsel. Proverbs fifteen twenty two, and we, and we see that in the in the New Testament as well. In Titus chapter two, you know the older women are to instruct the younger women to be, uh, to love their children, to love their husbands, to be workers at home, et, et cetera. And so there's this generational responsibility um, that that God enjoins upon you know the, the older folks. Uh, They, they have to teach the younger ones. And we, a lot of times I think, relocate that to just the immediate family unit. So just like our physical family. And that's true also, you know, moms and dads, just like we're talking about today, have that responsibility to teach their children the the fear, and the instruction of the Lord or training and admonition of, of the Lord. But in Titus chapter two, Paul is addressing a young man who's in who's in Crete, and he's going to teach this to the to the church, right to the local church there. And so this is a uh, a local church responsibility. So the the older women there within that locale are to teach the the younger women and hand down that knowledge and, and experience, right? So we can't be afraid to seek that counsel. Just understand that not all counsel is created equal. We need to be very selective about whose advice we're seeking. Um, not everyone offering advice is qualified to to give it, and that certainly includes me. Uh, so you know, you need to test what I am saying by the scriptures today, uh, and whether it's me or anybody else, you have to look into the Word of God and validate what what they are saying. So seek out those who are godly, who are stable in their faith. Consider how their children have turned out before you receive their counsel. Certainly you can be gracious and, and give them an audience, uh, but it's it's one thing to hear what someone has to say. It's another thing to apply it right before you apply it, tested it by the Word of God to see if it is truly um, wise in his, in his eyes. I think elders are a good place to start, and I'm talking about um, biblical elders or bishops or overseers or shepherds or pastors as they're called in the New Testament, uh, and their qualifications are given in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And by God's design, he wants those kinds of men to oversee his local congregation. So uh, one of the qualifications for an elder is that they have faithful or believing children. And, um, you know, at that stage in their life, I I would target them first and uh, elders' wives as well. Uh, You know, it doesn't have to be an elder, but um, I would certainly start there. And ask about how they handled specific disciplinary situations, and then humble yourself, embrace yourself, and listen, because you might not get an answer that you want to hear. But in the end, test it against the Word of God, and and see if it holds up. Uh, because you know, sadly, many are going to seek out worldly advice. There's no shortage of you know child-rearing books and secular counsel. And, uh, you know, modern day psychology preaches a, a, a very different sermon than what the Bible does when it comes to how to love your children and how to discipline your, your children. Uh, specifically the, you know, the doctrine of loving your children too much to spank them. Right. But that, that is completely anti-biblical from what we've seen this today. Uh, scripture is clear. It's It takes more than words to dislodge foolishness from the heart of a child. Contrary to popular belief, corporal punishment, spanking, um, that kind of discipline can and should be done in love. And uh, the Holy Spirit said it could be. That means it's not only can it be done, it should be done. And the world will fail to differentiate between corporal punishment and abuse. Uh, They will tell parents who spank their children that they are abusing them. But the differences are clear when we compare biblical teaching about corporal punishment with the abuse that children suffer at the hands of wicked people. And I want you to reflect on the various passages we've considered thus far and consider how godly discipline is opposed to child abuse. So godly discipline is motivated by love, first of all, not out of hatred. Uh, godly discipline uh, promotes emotional security, right? There's clear boundaries that should be set and we are to be diligent in maintaining those boundaries for be- behavior. And when that child crosses the line or is testing us, then we, in love, correct that. And that leads to security. And that is that is fair. And it's, and it's expected. They know what to expect, right? And godly discipline is balanced and reasonable. It's not excessive. Um, Right, Solomon says, strike him with a rod, he will not die. And so the point of this discipline, corporal punishment, in this case, that we're talking about, there's other forms of discipline, but specifically corporal punishment is not intended to cause permanent damage. Right, He will not die. It's to be painful. All discipline is painful, whatever form it takes, especially corporal punishment. But it's, but it's measured, and it's not it's not to to hurt uh inflict permanent damage child abuse on the other hand is the opposite of all of those things right children die as a result of child abuse sadly um because it is torturous and and, and impairing and it leaves scars right it's you know abuses is terrible because it's motivated by hatred and it causes emotional damage and it's unfair and it's unexpected and it's degrading and demoralizing right because it's inflicted by those who are motivated by selfishness because they do want to hurt their kids either they're under the influence of some substance or uh, they just have some sort of sadistic uh, pleasure in in hurting others and sadly their their children bear the the brunt of that, but regardless of what the world will say, corporal punishment discipline as the Bible defines it, is not abuse. Some have erroneously come to that conclusion uh but it just isn't isn't there, and some have also concluded that one cannot be angry when disciplining their children, well even the Lord's punishment is not carried out in the absence of his anger. Right now parents can punish their children when they're angry, but if they are not in control, then they should not spank their children in that moment. It's absolutely imperative to learn how to say no, and we need to be willing to let our children get mad at us from time to time. Um, but we need to keep our eyes on their ultimate spiritual welfare instead of their momentary comfort and pleasure and what's convenient and what is the least embarrassing right because we you know there's again those inopportune times and inconvenient times when they're going to cross the line and we just don't want to deal with it cuz we're in public or you know we're at a at a friend's house or we you know we don't want to embarrass them but effective parenting always is consistent and it's loving and if we're going to love our, our children we have to to discipline them diligently again Solomon says Proverbs 13:24 and don't, don't be discouraged. There's always going to be those who desperately seek to twist and forcibly reshape the scriptures to, to fit their personal opinions and philosophies. And, uh, you know, my, myself included, I'm human. I can make that mistake. So can you. And so the, the, the teachings of God's word, um, are, are, are the ultimate standard. And so you have to test what, Again, anybody teaches, including myself, against that word. Because his truth is not relegated to a particular time period or error, these principles still hold true to this day. There has been no scripture to nullify or cancel out the precepts that we've considered today. They are active and alive to use and and implement in, in our homes, and they should be. The only real issue, then, is whether or not you and I are going to obey that's that's the real question these biblical precepts laid down in god's holy bible are we going to are we going to humble ourselves and submit to them you know it's not a coupon book where we can simply cut out the things that we deem useful and leave the rest so we have to ask ourselves do i have the courage to follow god's way and to love and discipline my children according to his will thanks for tuning in today i'm jason garcia And this has been Faithful Sayings.